What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Rodeo Wagon Podcast, brought to you by the Western Edge app and produced by our good friends at Cosmic Cowboys. We're here with Vin Johns. Man, it's cool seeing you. It's been a minute. Uh, yeah, I've, I've been uh, kind of uh, in a little hiatus, trying to heal up and get uh, get life together so I can get are back you, to um, doing what I love. Are you doing surgery or what's going on with that? I have opted out of surgery. So instead of that, I've been uh, taking some supplements and, and trying to um, focus some of the training and i've done i've started doing some lifting in my shoulders and stuff to try to build up not just the small muscles but the bigger muscles to kind of keep keep the biceps and the rotator cuffs from uh causing any other problems so it's getting there it's actually i mean it seems like it's working i feel i feel really good um i've gotten on a couple of bulls and um they felt good so now if i can just get the i'm actually still dealing with my vehicle being uh wrecked (laughs) for six months so, uh, you know, it's just, you know, life things happening and, uh, it's just, uh, not exactly the right time for me to be back to riding like I want to be, but it'll, it'll happen. What, what exactly was it with your shoulder? Uh, so I tore the rotator cuff. Well, it's, it's been about five years that I tore the rotator cuff and the terrace minor and the labrum and I didn't get it fixed. Then I just kept going and, um, I did take a few months off and then whenever I came back, I was, I actually, which I love cupping. So I'm, I'm not saying anything bad about cupping at all, but, uh, I, I did some cupping one night and then, uh, this is back when I owned my gym still. And so I went out into my gym and I was doing some, uh, they're called cannonballs. You know, you like traversing from a ball to ball to banana or whatever, you know, is hanging. Sure. And, uh, whenever I went to make the move, I had this arm on and it popped my uh, long head and my bicep. And I think that it was because the cupping actually did what it was supposed to, which is uh, get rid of um, scar tissue or move it around, things like that. And I think what happened was scar that scar tissue was, was keeping. Yeah, it was, being, it was actually beneficial. Yeah. That, that's, you know, I don't think people really get that because yeah, like after after so much time, you build up that scar tissue. Now, I don't I don't know if this is true or not, but I do know that like even shoulder dislocations, once you mm-hmm. get past thirty, I think there's there's an age there. I, I believe it's thirty. Once you get past thirty, your your chances of dislocating your shoulder go way down. I wonder if part of that's not mm-hmm. due to you know just years of scar tissue kind of build up and and it kind of helps act as a uh, a shield almost yeah because i mean i that could you know, be completely it, that's unfounded it's just right <laughs> just our own <laughs> hypothesis here yeah. <laughs> um, full rider well, hypothesis you know like when it when it originally when i dislocated it originally i you know i was riding got thrown off stuck my elbow out jammed it dislocated it uh put it back in that night and i've never had any problems with it dislocating after that I just have problems with um, just not because the, they're completely ruptured. I, there are certain positions I just have zero strength in. So that's why I thought, well, if I build up muscles around it, like I, it's not really, you know, the best thing to do per se, but I am choosing to do that for right now. 
and then I and then I dislocated the other one, and I I tore the long head bicep on the other one on the other shoulder, um, and so I've been working on mobility and flexibility and things to where I can you know when a bull is going into my hand or something, I'm able to actually make the move over my head instead of in front of my face. Absolutely, that's the harder of the two because I've done well. I've had two surgeries on my left shoulder and then one on my right. The one on my right, I. I got stepped on, so I broke. So I actually, the the ball, I broke that in half and then uh, dislocated it. And so there's a bunch of pieces that were kind of dislocated, tore the rotator cuff off. So the bone that your rotator cuff attaches to tore that yeah. bone off and, you know, messed up my rotator cuff. It was it was real bad. It was, it was similar to what JB had done with his. Yeah, that sounds bad enough. Naughty. I didn't have any chance to ride with it at all. Yeah. One Dang. of those deals. Whereas with my left one, no I, choice. Actually, I actually went both times. I went through a process of riding with it. My, uh, my, the second time on my left one, I rode with it for a year and yeah, I remember it, you didn't, it didn't really come out. It subluxed a lot. So it mm. would actually move in the joint and those ligaments would kind of stretch. And so you'd have right. to like wiggle it to get it to kind of like, realign yeah i think it's more it was more my bicep tendon maybe that my bicep tendon was kind of slipping and so i had to kind of you had to like wiggle or relax to get that bicep tendon to pop back into the groove yeah yeah i I know that feeling (laughs) the the riding arm's a lot better to deal with than your free arm yeah absolutely absolutely i'm you know i looked into stem cell um and uh they had when I talked to those guys, I talked to two different uh, companies about it and they, they both, you know, said that unfortunately because they're completely ruptured, there's not a lot that stem cell can actually do for it. I mean, and there's no pain. That's the other thing too. Like I have no pain. I've had no pain. I just get into certain positions and there's nothing. No no strengths. And I I wonder if that has to do a little bit with like that, that, uh, you know, uh, influx, you know, when it, when it kind of pulls apart, and it's right. not dislocated, but it's it's subluxing to a certain degree where yeah. there's more subluxation happens. You don't have strength in that position whatsoever. Yeah, like if I reach, like if I am grabbing my bag or something and I reach straight out, there's nothing because the bicep, you know, long head is not connected. So it's like every other muscle is trying to keep that yeah, up. Yeah, I didn't think about that. It probably has more to do, honestly, with that bicep than it does the uh, subluxion the actual uh, the shoulder it's more of the that that bicep connecting to yeah. it yeah that's, yeah. that's fascinating yeah. and that's your and are you dealing really with your riding arm your left one Thinking. your left one's bothering you the worst that's the one you were thinking about having surgery on yeah okay that makes yeah, sense. the other one the other one's good I, th- I think and honestly like i think i think i could uh I, and part of the thing you know it's like i don't <sighs> bull riding is too dangerous to do it like as a hobby I think we all agree, you know, on that. Most most everybody in their right mind. I will. Um, anyway. I I think that I think people can do it. I think it's great. Not not for me. <laughs> right it, to each their own. Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I guess if you want to, you know, go get on some practice bulls, maybe or something, and and make it a hobby that way is one thing. But for me, I always wanted to be um, in the. Uh, if I'm going to compete in a sport. I, I would like yeah. to compete at the highest level. Right. And so if, if I'm planning to do that again, which I am, then I don't want to, 
I don't want to go for a couple of weeks or, or a month and then like have something stupid happen because of that, that injury. So I feel like if I can get it, you know, get, get the strength build up and, um, and, and believe that I can go for more than a month. And, uh, you know, cause when you get put in a particular, you know, in particular situations, you, you need certain movements. And if you can't do those and your body can't perform those, then there's, you're not only, uh, jeopardizing your health again, you're also jeopardizing the health of your bullfighters. You know I mean? They're out there to help you, but if you're not able to, you know, do what you need to do too, then, you know, now you're putting more people's lives in more danger than they already are. So I don't want to do that either. I think too, even so not only putting bullfighters, you know, in a, in a bad position, but also at those PBRs or probably those bigger pro rodeos, there obviously some of those bullfighters go to other deals, but you go to the right deals and those bullfighters, you, it does not matter. Like, right. If right. you're going to get hooked, it, it, it was meant to be because those suckers are going to get, do everything. You could get on freaking dinosaur yeah. out there and you feel as though you're okay. However, yeah. However, if you're compromised and you go to any other deal, especially if you're trying to come back and you're trying to kind of get that flow, now yeah. you're dealing with, you don't have that kind of protection. I mean, just to right. be honest, you yep. don't have the same kind of protection at, at a lot of those deals. Right. Opposed yeah. to, you know, those bigger deals where you do. Have yeah. That. I mean, that's a, I, that's it, a big deal. When they, the, the dealing with injury. Are, are you know like you said i i have no when i go when i go to pbr especially like now that we've been around for long enough you know we know the fighters and it's like even beyond friendship with them it's like i literally do trust like i don't even think about my uh you know health per se whenever or if i ever get hung up or if there's a wreck or or whatever i know those guys are like on top of it and literally the secret service. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, I definitely don't even think twice about, you know, my, uh, a problem <laughs> with them whenever, uh, when I'm riding. So, but, but still at the same point, you have to feel confident that when you're coming back and you're going to those deals that you're in a position to win. Sure. I think too, especially coming when you're debating on surgery or not, like you were, you, you talked mm -hmm. about, crazy yeah. to say but you talked about having surgery and coming back at 50 <laughs> yeah that's nuts <laughs> i mean i'm 49 now i got let's see i'm I, i don't plan on having surgery so i mean i'll just have to come back before 50 and just ride through 50 <laughs> yeah you're unique your background is unique in your gymnastics background. I, I wonder how much for me, like I grew up playing sports and stuff is mostly baseball. Mm -hmm. That's kind of my background. And so when I first got in to bull riding, like I really beefed up, I focused a lot on strengths and uh, really kind of went the opposite. It took me a few years to develop a program that really was sports specific and it wasn't until maybe the last two years after I had gotten hurt a lot that I realized, like, I'm missing out on maybe one of the most crucial parts in bull riding, and it's mobility and pliability. Flexibility, yeah. 
is great, but mobility and pliability are huge. It's yeah. You can be flexible all day long, but that can actually hurt you. Pliability right. is important for being able to take those shots and then mobility. How much of that background with gymnastics actually kind of helps you? Because most people at 50 can't, can't do what you've done. And you've, it's not like you just, you just started doing it. You've been doing this for a while now. So you've obviously had that physical discipline and knowing kind of what to do to be able to maintain that. Well, the, the one thing about gymnastics that a lot of, I think a lot of people don't realize is that, you know, health, uh, people that have, uh, degrees in health science and things like that, they, they generally tell you to, uh, for one example, um, when you're stretching your Achilles out, you're not supposed to bounce, right? Well, in gymnastics, you have to um, you have to do things that are not in the norm. And so that particular example is one that <clears throat> when we used to warm up, we would warm up by bouncing like from a handstand, you would bounce off your off the balls of your feet back uh-huh. to a hand because when you tumble, or when you do vault, you're ha- you're going to be at an angle hitting the ground and your feet are going to be flexed. And so your tendons, your Achilles tendon is going to have to be subjected to that and, and calloused and strengthened to those types of positions and that quick, like pounding action. And so just different things like that, that gymnastics does for you besides the core strength, besides the, um, body awareness uh that i think is one of the biggest parts is like tendon strength um tendon you know tenacity like it's you're you know i've got scar tissue around my ankles from tearing every single ligament and tendon in in them and that that helps because if i get stepped on or even in jujitsu that helps because people try to put an ankle lock on me and it doesn't work as well because i have a lot of scar tissue around it um but but understanding your body, um, understanding how to roll, how to fall, how to move when you're you're down on the ground, those things are huge. I mean, you watch um, <clears throat> some of the some of the the more healthy riders. A lot of times, it's because when they dismount, they know how to fall. They know how to. It's not just like hit the ground and move. Like yes, you want to do that, but there's also this air awareness that gymnastics gives you. Uh, you know, I mean, ice skating will give it to you. I mean, there's a lot of different sports that can give it to you, but um, that is definitely one. I mean, because you're upside down half the time in gymnastics and you're, you're letting go. Like my favorite, my favorite um, event was high bar and uh, in uh, on high bar, you have what's called release moves. And so you have to maneuver your body around the bar, let go of the bar. Sometimes like I did this thing called a full twisting Takachev, and it's where you let go and you, arch your back and you fly over the bar with a straight body and you do a full twist and you catch the bar again. So you're in the air, twisting, turning, you know, doing all these maneuvers like a cat and catching something again. So your eye, your hand-eye coordination, your body mechanics, like all of those things come into play. And so ironically, when you're riding a bull, you have to do a lot of the same kind of things. It's just a lot more dangerous. And, 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 and the apparatus is moving. The the timing of all of that, it's not just like, because people think, well, that's 
immediately your mind goes to you make a good bull ride, you go to get off, how you get off matters. It certainly does. All of that comes into play. It probably matters just as much, if not more, when you make a bad get off, like the other day in Cassville, I went to jump off on the inside. My hand didn't come out of my rope, and so mm. I'm side saddled before my hand comes out. Now that's where y- your body has to react and make all of those moves to get out safely, and everything has to be so precise. But it's not like a timing thing where the bull's throwing you out. So getting right. in like a compromising situation, I, I yeah, that's where when your body can take over and, and be able to execute on some of that stuff, it probably matters yeah. more than, you know, getting tossed to the, you know, getting on the outside of the bull's hip and allowing that hip to throw you out. Right. Probably more so when you're dealing with times where maybe yeah. you're in the well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I know that just, just even still at my age, I still have that aware, like I can be upside down and, or even when I hit the ground, I mean, there's been a couple of times where I've hit the ground really hard and probably gotten a, you know, flash knockout or something um, or I got, got zinged pretty good, you know, and, and I may not know at that moment exactly where the bull is, but the majority of the time, whenever I dismount, whether it's a good dismount or a bad one, I'm pretty, I'm, I know where the bull is. And, and so um, that, that I think that helps, you know, obviously in health, just staying healthier, you know, and, and having a longevity of a career, um, you know, that's, that's as, you know, 20 plus years. What did you, you mentioned earlier too, like supplements, what's your, what's your thoughts on supplements as far as what kind of supplements do you think that athletes, especially maybe in our profession that are in high contact sports to collision sports, what supplements out there, you know, maybe would benefit a guy? I'm I'm a firm believer in creatine daily. Um, creatine, you got your amino acids, um, of course, your regular proteins, whatever kind of protein you want, you like. Um, the peptides, though, those are um, I think I think those are underrated by a lot of people um, and underutilized. They are kind of expensive right now because. Uh, you know, regulations and I mean, it's, it's legal, but it's just the peptides are, um, and they're getting kind of hard to get, but like a BP 157, those, that's like a, uh, it's almost like a growth hormone uh, uh, replacement or not replacement, but addition. And um, that, that's what I've been taking. And I feel like it, it helps you recover faster. It helps your, you know, you can go work out and, you know, you can push it, but then you feel uh, you, you have that recovery with it also. Um, there's a there's a um, another it's called replenish. And that's the the post workout uh, drink that I or powder that I take. And that stuff is the bomb. Like it's the best thing I've think I've ever had for post workout uh, supplements. But I try not to do or, you know, you want especially in our industry. You know, things have to be as convenient as possible. So, you know, carrying around around powders is kind of hard. Yeah, you know, carrying around powders difficult. Carrying around a a little bottle or a vial of, you know, BP-157 is, you know, not necessarily doable sometimes. Or, you know, you got to keep it refrigerated and this and that. So there's some logistical challenges to it. But when you're home 
and you're, you know, on your regimen at the house, then, then that's, I think some of the stuff that, that a guy would want to look into. Yeah. To, and I uh, think too, like, so obviously anything that you have to keep at certain temperatures, I think that's still a lot of supplements that I utilize that probably are really good for on the road in, uh, inflammation. I do relief factor. There's, there's actually, yeah. there's, there's other supplements and you can even just get the, the same exact, you can go to the store and buy you know, Omega and I and the, you know, these <laughs> different anti-inflammatories great supplements to use on the road. If you, you know, you can take them with you and stuff. Obviously if you have to keep anything refrigerated, that's difficult on the road. Yeah. Also, yeah. For me, I believe in the last year, year and a half, one of the biggest things is just trying to freaking eat food that gives me all of that. Yeah. <laughs> it's so much better. And in fact, cutting out everything, like my diet has changed tremendously. Now, super high fats. I It's not keto because I'm eating way too much protein to, to be considered right. a traditional keto diet. But I right. super low carbs. You, I, I'm probably eating 20 carbs a day. Outside of certain, you know, on the weekend, there is certain specific times where I can't bring my grill if it's raining outside and I can't. And, sure. and before I had the van, it was even more, you got to eat somewhere. Well, that's difficult. Carb up on, on game day because you're not going to get enough fat. Mm-hmm. But that high that high fat diet, I've, I've loved it because I pretty much just ate meat. Meat, I try to stay away from everything again the ketos there's so many different keto meals out there and stuff i try to stay away from anything that's processed just about just like that's what i'm just gonna say processed food meat you know good meat that's high in fat and you're i mean speaking of diet yeah that's that's another thing that i um when i started uh taking some of those other supplements i was starting to get a little bigger which at first I didn't mind because with, with the particular training that I was doing, you're there, there's, you're bound to get a little bit bigger, uh, but you're also uh, creating more density in your muscles. So that your muscles are getting stronger and harder. And so I did that. And then I went and during that, I would only eat basically tuna, uh, hard boiled eggs. Uh, I would have vegetables, um, some chicken, but, um, than steak that was pretty much it that was all i eat and i would eat throughout the day you know when i when i felt like i needed it i don't all what you don't you know that's kind of one of the things that a lot of people um are have not learned how to understand their body and how your body needs sugar but a lot of times it's confusing on whether your body actually needs the sugar or it wants the sugar and and, and so producing sugar as well Right. So you've got to have an intake of that. Right. And, um, and so I was getting a little bit bigger and just, you know, doing that kind of diet. And then I, once I got to where I felt like everything was good and strong for a couple of weeks, I stopped eating. I just did intermittent fasting and I would eat one time at night and I would eat whatever I wanted. I eat pizza, I eat pasta, I eat steak. I eat, um, I mean, I kind of have the same cause I don't cook. <laughs> I still don't cook. <laughs> Um, I've been in this, uh, I've been in my place. Yeah. Is it 50? Is that when you're supposed to learn how to cook for yourself? I'm thinking that's maybe the, that might be the time. Um, you know, uh, it's, 
I've, I've pretty much been single, you know, most of my life, pretty much. I mean, I've had girlfriends and whatnot, but like, I don't, I've never lived with someone else. So there's no, there, it's always just me. How have you survived? So, like, you just order out? <laughs> dude, I, I, you buy meal prep food? Yeah, well, I do that sometimes. Um, but man, those tuna fish and hard boiled eggs, like yeah. that's through the day, you know, and, and I'll go, I'll, I'll go to Texas Roadhouse or I'll go to a steakhouse and, you know, have a good steak and, um, and, you know, pasta, I'll just get pasta from, you know, wherever. Um, and like I said, it, it's when you're working out and I got to thinking about it, you know, when I was in gymnastics, we, when I was at the Olympic training center, I think back and there was, I mean, everything was in there from cereal to chocolate cake to chocolate milk to like anything you wanted. And I ate a ton of food and I was never, I mean, I was always in great shape. So if you think about that, how is it that you can have all these people telling you to be on these diets and you need this exercise and you need, you know, and, but then a gymnast can go and eat everything under the sun and work out the way they do, which when we worked out, it was 6am to about eight or eight thirty, And then, you go to school and actually I got my first hour and my sixth hour. Um, we talked them, uh, we, my grandparents and I, we, we talked the uh, school system into letting me take my electives as gymnastics, even though it wasn't a um, school sport. Nice. And um, so my first hour was gymnastics, but I started at 6am. Then I go to class and then you get done at class at like two thirty, and I'd go back to the gym and we'd work out for another three or four hours. So, I mean, you're talking, five hours a day working out. So when you're working out that much and doing the, those types of full body movements all the time, you can pretty much eat what you want. Yeah. So, well, a good example of that too is Michael Phelps. So you look at Michael Phelps, look, and then look at the world's strongest men. Michael Phelps has eaten like 6,000 more calories or was in his prime. He's eaten 6,000 or more yeah. calories than a guy that's a, world-class strongman you're right. talking about strongman the guys that are eating seven eight thousand michael Phelps yeah. down like thirteen thousand plus a day yeah it's that's like, a job check the pancakes like it doesn't even matter what you're putting in your body it's you put everything in your body just to get the energy and mm -hmm. then that's a different level but super high it'll I, sort itself out probably so when i was really focusing on gaining strengths and i got down to five points so i i got up to where i was 190 about 5.7 percent body fat got real strong but at that time i was building fence for my uncle so i was digging holes all day long right and then Manuel after labor. that after that go to the gym for a couple hours yeah and just the amount of that you just are producing and the amount of food you have to eat and you'd yeah. think that i i actually ate more food then <laughs> Than I even do now because I don't want to get to that point. I I, yeah. I ride yeah, yeah. better when I'm between one forty five and one fifty five. Yep. I'm I'm actually changed a little bit of my riding and the way I've I've rode, especially helping me into my hand. So now hmm. I'm actually changing my diet a little bit to to start to regain some of that size and strengths. Whereas right, before right. I was I was really riding more I say technical, but 
I wasn't getting under my rope and really using utilizing my strengths as much. Uh, it was yeah. mostly arm strength and leg strength. So I was, I was you, you, more utilizing core and stability. Sure. Yeah, balance and all that good stuff. The, the yeah, way the, it hurt me at that point. Now it's I'm kind of Cody Nance, between Cody Nance and some of the Brazilians, Cody Nance on the diet and strength part of it, and the Brazilian right. on the riding part, kind of transitioning and changing that. But again, that goes back to knowing your body and what to put in it. Yeah. And, and even like you, you talked about sugar and stuff and, and kind of knowing different kinds of sugars and how your body's producing sugar. Like I know if I'm eating too much protein, that protein's actually turned into sugar and it produces right. fruits, people making drinks, blending right. fruits up. That's not good for you. <laughs> Like it's, it's literally changing what you're eating. Yeah. Your body doesn't, you, it doesn't digest it the same way when you. Right. Well, and, the, and when you do that, yeah, when you do that, you're also changing the acidity in your stomach. So now you're not, your body is not working like it was designed to work. So, I mean, there's just, there's a lot of implications to, to some of the, you know, things that people are trying to do with their diets now. What? I mean, grandma, she used to make, you know, meatloaf, mashed potatoes and green beans. And I'd have a couple of slices of bread with butter on it and four glasses of milk. And like, it is no big deal. Nope. <laughs> thing. They used to like, I know when I was growing up and definitely probably when you were growing up, like everybody said milk, milk, milk for kids. And that's changed. That's, I mean, that's really ruined a lot of people. <laughs> I forget. Don't I? It, that is the weirdest thing to me. I still, I mean, I under, I've read about it. I've had people tell me about it. I, I mean, I've even had two people tell me that like, I don't know how you don't have kidney stones. You drink so much milk. <laughs> I don't either. But maybe it's because I, I, I don't know. But if I was allergic to milk, I would probably go nuts because I love, I love milk. Hey there, folks. I want to tell you about my favorite cowboy hat brand, Sombrero Brands. As a professional bull rider, I know how important it is to have a hat that not only looks good, but can withstand the toughest rides out there. And that's exactly what Sombrero Brands delivers. Their hats are custom-fitted and shaped to perfection, with a level of attention to detail that's hard to find these days. But what really sets Sombrero Brands apart is the fact that they're a family-owned and operated business. Mark and Kendall Holler, the owners, and their daughter Sarah, who's only 13 but already a hat-making prodigy, are all passionate about their craft. They know what it takes to make a cowboy hat that can stand up to anything the rodeo circuit can throw at it. And get this, the founder's grandfather, Polly Holler, was born and raised at South Camp on the Four Sixes Ranch. These folks have got cowboy blood running through their veins, and it shows in every hat they make. That's why I'm proud to have Sombrero Brands as a major sponsor for my podcast, the Rodeo Wagon Podcast. So if you're in the market for a hat that's tough enough to handle anything the rodeo throws at it, Give Sombrero Brands a try. Trust me, you won't be disappointed. And there, you, there is a lot of benefits to working out. If you're if you are training, you're getting that casein protein. Mm -hmm. A lot of good benefits too. Even before you go to bed, when you wake up, mm -hmm. drinking milk. Yeah. For me, one of the big things for me is uh, before I go to bed. I people are like, you know, don't eat past seven o'clock. Absolutely uh, not. I am eating before I go to bed. Just because yeah. that's the one time where your body, you know, intermittent fasting, 
on purpose is great. But mm-hmm. unless you know why you're doing it, like I want to, I want to be utilizing that time for my body's like engaged and still active and, and working. Well, your metabolism is still working through the night when you're sleeping. I mean, that's why when you wake up in the morning, the first thing you're supposed to do is drink a glass of water because your body's dehydrated. So you need to rehydrate it in the morning. That's why if people wake up, they're like, oh, man, my veins are popping in the morning. Well, it's because you're dehydrated. Like, that's what happens when you sleep. The first thing I do in the morning is drink a glass of water. Yeah. I mean, that's that's just I do that, too. And it's crazy because now, like, if I if if I don't hardly ever wake up in the middle of the night, but like sometimes I have and. I'd like go get a drink of water or something. And I would, I could literally tell, I could probably do it right now. If I drink water, I can like, I can feel my, almost my body temperature rising. Like I, my heart starts racing a little bit more. It gets heavier. And it's like, my body's like, okay, we like this. Like we're going to use it, whatever. And I've asked other people if they've experienced that. And I, so far I haven't found anybody. So maybe I'm just crazy. I don't know, but. I love water too. I, I do keep a water on my nightstand. Cause if I get up in the middle of the night and I go walk out into the kitchen and I wake a kid up, then it's going <laughs> to. Yeah. You got yeah. other motives. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm dealing yeah. with a screaming kid and my wife and <clears throat> screaming wife, screaming kid. Life's not good. So you keep, mm. I keep a, a thing of water right, right on my nightstand and every yeah. once in a while I'll wake up and it'll crazy too. If I, if you're actually training, and you don't get enough water in, sometimes it will wake me up in the middle of the night. And it's my body. You can just feel it. <laughs> it's it's, it's it. thirsty. I feel like a plant that hasn't been watered and just, it needs it. Just shriveling up. Shriveling like, up. like, oh man. Oh yeah. I know that too. What about uh, recovery? So what's been, what what's a big thing for you? Lately for me, it's been ice baths. I've been doing them every single day. So recovery also in the morning. I love, I still love cryo and the, and I love ice baths. I like them for different reasons though. Um, when, and I, and I love the float tank float tank is great. Um, acupuncture is amazing. Uh, dry needling is amazing. Like if I, if I, if I twist the finger and one of my knuckles is, you know, swollen, but I know it's not set. Like it's been manipulated. So I need it to be reset. Well, you could ice it. You could do all these other things, but every single time that that happens, I go get dry needled, they dry needle the joint and then they adjust the joint and it's done. Like, so dry needling for some pinpoint accuracy of things like that is amazing. Um, Just the, uh, the energy that if you find someone who really understands how to um, how to perform acupuncture, then they will understand, you know, how where to put the pins and how to reconnect your energy and your vibrations and, you know, all those things that a lot of people now are starting to try to turn to. They're realizing that that's a real thing. Um, and uh, and I still get I still do um, like active release therapy. It's similar to a massage, but it's a little more rigorous and there's more movement involved in it and there's more of your participation in it. So it's not very uh, pleasing <laughs> uh, when, you know, when you get it, it's painful. Um, but that's that's highly, highly um, utilized in my regimen. But uh, as far as ice baths, I like ice baths because of the mental 
aspect of it, the fortitude that you that you gain from doing the ice bath. Um, because when you get in an ice bath, you're you're starting to restrict blood flow at that time because you're freezing, right? Like, I mean, you have this water around you and it's at 30 degrees or whatever, um, and you're freezing, right? And so that's why when you get out of an ice bath, you can't immediately go do an exercise because all the blood has not gone back to your extremities to where uh, it's safe, basically, to to do an activity. So when you get finished with an ice bath, you know, you're done for several hours, really, before you should be doing, you know, anything after that, which is fine. Um, it elevates your metabolism. It ele- like it's it, it uh, drops endorphins, your dopamine, like all of these great things that you get from the ice bath. I love it. Um, it is more, uh, it's a little more tedious to do if you don't have a container that's outside that already has, you know, or you live in a cold climate where you've got ice all the time or snow or something like that. So it can be a little bit more of a challenge for someone at home to do an ice bath, but uh, the benefits are are astronomical level. I think too with the ice baths, the benefits. I say recovery. It's it's really the energy clarity. I that may be the best part of ice baths. Yeah, you're like you could have a headache. Yeah, and well, the big thing with ice. So my wife, she's an athletic trainer, so. We've gone, we do the cupping and the dry needling, all of that stuff. With the, the ice bath, which interesting about icing, and this is a, a big thing, people ice way too much. Athletes icing after recovery it can, it can hurt your recovery tremendously because swelling actually right. has an important place in recovering. Why you re- that's, why you, that's why you swell. And the research, <laughs> research is actually that it doesn't even help with inflammation that much. I think actually is, is very little of it helps with inflammation, if any. The modern research suggests it does help with pain. It, it yeah. definitely helps with pain. Uh, there's anti-inflammatory proper diet that can help with inflammation. But that's an it's almost old school. It, it's very debatable. So it's, yeah. it's, it's definitely a topic that is controversial, especially if you're dealing with somebody that's maybe more old school. Right. It's like the new studies that have suggested that the use of ice uh, for athlete recovery and injury prevention. You know, um, I had uh, when I was uh, fixing to uh, compete on American Ninja Warrior one season, uh, I it was actually I, I tore my bicep and that was two weeks before the competition. And I also dislocated my ankle and um my doctor that I go to, one of them, uh, he said he he's a former X Games um, uh, uh, trainer and stuff like that, too. So he's used to idiots like me uh, that are going to still compete when they shouldn't be. And so he said, uh, he said, look, you can he told me like this, all these things to do. Um, but he said, <clears throat> since you compete like we compete on a Friday night and then we compete on a Saturday night. So. He said, when you get done competing on Saturday or Friday night, he said, go get some tofu and the collagen in the tofu, put it on your ankle and you will find relief. You should find relief, not only from pain, but it also helps swelling because the collagen in the tofu. Interesting. I I was like, okay. So I tried it. You know, I don't, 
I can't necessarily say that it was awesome or like that there was this, this amazing, you know, lack of pain or, you know, whatever in it. But, um, but thinking about it, I mean, collagen is also one of the other supplements that I do. I was getting ready to say that's a supplement as well that you could, you could probably utilize. Yeah. And so, so doing the tofu directly on it for that. And he's like, it will only help in the immediate. Like it's not, not something that's going to heal it or anything like that. It's just going to give you some uh, relief in the next, you know, 30, 45 minutes to an hour. So he's like, do it right before you run, you know, the next time, the next day, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, all right. So, I mean, I did it, but you know, whenever you're performing, whenever you're competing, um, you know, everybody said it, everybody's that's competed has felt it. You don't feel things. And so you, right. you know, a lot of times you don't, sometimes you do, but, um, but yeah, whenever it's go time, you know, you're in the zone. And yeah, there's not a whole lot of times where you're in the shoot getting ready to nod your head and you're still dealing with it. There is, there's definitely times, but there's a lot of really even leading up to it. Your adrenaline really takes over. It's crazy it, what adrenaline can do to mask. Real. It's masking. Yeah, like you. Like you, you, you get out of like you have a, a a bad you know bull in the shoot and he's smashing your legs and you know you're just like dealing with it you're going through your you know all of your emotions you're you know just doing it and then you get done and you go back and like your spur is smashed and your leg like you've got two layers of skin off your shin and you and you like you didn't even know it but I broke still my broke. fibula and didn't even know I broke it for three weeks. <laughs> Because when I broke hey. it, when it probably was at its worst, I, I mean, I was in the shoot. That's when it when it happened. Yeah. Yep. Three weeks later, I went to go take my boot off. Well, I didn't. The sports med in Bangor went to take my boot off, and I freaking just about hit him. I, my reaction was to just hit him, and I, I didn't. I, it was bad. And then, yeah. uh, and then I got X-rays. And it definitely broke. <laughs> Turns out. Uh, that's when there. I started that's when I started wearing shin guards. Before that I never did that. Then I, I was that, talking yeah. to a Brazilian. All them Brazilians, they wear shin guards. Well, I say all of them. A lot of them wear shin guards. And that's why. Now that bull can do whatever he wants. Lean on me. You know, mm -hmm. I've had knee surgery, so I'm wearing knee braces and, and shin guards and my legs are just about bulletproof in there. Right. Yeah. That that definitely helps a, a ton. Uh, having some sort of padding like that on the inside there for sure. What about like cardio and specific kinds of cardio you find mobility? So especially right after the weekend, so Monday, Tuesday for me, the biggest thing is regaining that mobility those first few days. So the two, or anything that you do, I think, uh, so the two things that I, really like uh i don't i probably have heard about it or somebody read i don't know where i come up with it or whatever but the two things that i really find that help me a lot is, or the most probably would be um number one i hate running just point blank i hate running um probably because i don't run right <clears throat> never got taught how to run properly but whatever um uh, not something i really care to learn right now but um, so what I do is I have a hill out here and it's probably about a half a mile up the hill and it's not a steep grade. It's just a gradual grade. But um, what I do is 
I'll run, I'll jog. Okay. So I jog 10 seconds and I pick 10 because eight seconds, 10 seconds, that's what our minds are, you know, timing. So I, I jog for 10 okay. seconds and then I do a body movement for 10 seconds. Could be mountain climbers, could be sit outs, could be burpees, could be star jumps, could be handstands, could be whatever. I have like this brain full of all of these body movements that you can do for 10 seconds. So I do that for 10 seconds and then I just continue alternating jog for 10, do a body movement for 10. So you're going up and down plus you're going up a hill plus you're jogging plus uh, like when you do sit outs, you have to maintain full body control when you're doing a sit out. Otherwise you're going to drag your feet on the ground. And I mean, you're just going to be clipping thing, you know, falling all over the place. So you still have to maintain body control. And then when I get to the top, I turn around and I'll do um, 10 seconds of jog, 10 seconds of sprint, 10 seconds jog, 10 seconds sprint until I get to the bottom. And then I go in the gym and I'll get on the treadmill and I'll raise it to like mine is goes up to 10. So I'll like raise the level up to 10. So it's a steep incline and I put it on a two. So I'm walking, I'm not running, I'm just walking. And I'll take a 50 pound dumbbell and I'll walk with it in one hand, just down by my side that stabilizes my core. That makes me, my brain has to like negotiate my feet movement, which is good for bull riding because you like Jose's got freaking his feet are just so perfectly like wherever he wants them, he puts them there. Yeah. And so um, I, for two minutes, I walk for two minutes with the dumbbell with a 50 pound dumbbell in one arm, in one hand. And then I put it in the other hand, walk for two minutes and then I'll take the 50 pound dumbbell and I'll do like a curl overhead press tricep around the world, around the world, back up and down and, and down. And I do that for five minutes. So there's a 25 minute workout that's cardio and you're getting full body cardio, uh, brain activity, uh, conditioning, every, like it's awesome. I love that. Yeah. So. Yeah. It, uh, really probably when I, so I did insanity for a good while. Mm -hmm. multiple, yep. multiple times where I've, about had them memorized just taking right. different warm-ups and supersets that kind of allow for some of that you know within the the hip mobility part of it mm -hmm. i used to do yoga when i was in springfield i'd go to do hot yoga yeah and that was a big deal especially specific relief ones you'd go in on on mondays and that that helped anymore honestly what i've done a lot of it's pilates I was just going to say Pilates, I think. Would I've watched Antonio Brown did it. Say again. Antonio Brown, that's where I kind of got started. I started getting into, so Tom Brady and his pliability, and I kind of went down that rabbit trail of pliability, and I started noticing, well, one of the sports med guys a couple of years back told me about, like, all of these guys doing all of these yoga stuff, and they need to be doing Pilates. Right. Yeah. You put me on Antonio Brown, and I just started like, I, there wasn't a whole lot of content of him doing it other than, you know, the fact that he spent a lot of time doing Pilates. So I started getting on YouTube, you know, looking up different Pilates stuff, and and that was beneficial. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's I agree. I agree completely with that too. Now, but you know, and again, it's like you said earlier you've got to learn your body and you've got to learn what your body needs. Sometimes it does need yoga. Sometimes it needs Pilates. I mean, like, so it's a it's changing. It's, too. 
Yeah, you know, and it's a difficult uh, it's a difficult task for an individual to do, especially you know a lot of times bull riders don't come from um, places where they've had this type of athletic training or you know diet training or you know anything like that. They're just or working out stuff. You know, they just they you know they didn't grow up with it, so it's more difficult for you know a guy you know like that and that maybe doesn't have the resources you know, that a lot of other, other people have. Um, but, you know, shoot, it's like, think back in the old days and, you know, razor, they, they, uh, they worked out. I mean, I know Jim worked out. He's, I've talked to him quite a bit about it. I mean, we still talk right you know, to today, you know, about workouts and stuff. And I mean, he worked his ass off, but he also did concrete work. So, I mean, he was, he was working out a but lot. He- you, USJB Mooney, if he'll do Pilates. Yeah, yeah. I, that's, I'd like to ask him. I'd like JB. You know, have you ever done Pilates or consider consider it for further in your bull riding career? <laughs> he, told, he told me one time. He said, "He goes, I can't even look at your Instagram. You work out too much. You make me tired." <laughs> <laughs> we were we were at Sacramento, and I, we were talking to me, Andrew Alvidras, and. uh uh oh kyler oliver oh and yeah andrew was saying him and kyler went to the gym one time and andrew's in there pumping you know and he looks over and kyler's on a yoga mat sleeping in the gym <laughs> <laughs> sounds like something kyler would do so how yeah. do you take a guy like that you know with that kind of and and start to, <laughs> to develop that. I think yeah. one of the biggest things, though, is like you said, is athletes and especially this next generation coming up is be aware of your body. Be aware yeah. of your body. There's not everybody wants this clear cut answer. Everybody wants to know how I can lose weight or what I can do to be better. There's not anything clear cut other than know your body and make sure you're staying moving. I was just watching a video of Conor McGregor the other day and he was talking to another fighter and he says, you know, if you're jabbing and that's what you're working on and your arm goes tired, there's something else to do. Like, like start working on leg kicks. And then when your leg kicks, when that starts getting, you know, worn out, then move to the next thing. There's always something you can do to continually, but, but you have to feel out. You have to know when those those parts are so just being in tune with your body and and that 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 is also that includes when you're injured i the the thing i see people do uh which i think my old gymnastics coach is probably the person that instilled it in me but um it didn't matter if i was injured in a cast something was broken i was still in the gym every hour that i was when i wasn't injured just like I wasn't injured. And so that's just been my mentality the whole, my whole life. It's like, even if I've got a broken leg or a broken arm or whatever, I still, I mean, if you think about it, you have already gotten into a regimen and a routine of working out and you're competing and you're doing these things. Well, you're healthy. Everything is good. Then you get injured and you stop that and you use it as a crutch. Now there are going to be some times where you do need to take some days off or maybe a whole week or a couple of weeks or whatever. But even then you still should be doing something during the times that you would normally be working out. Because if you don't, now you're, now you're reprogramming your body and your brain to not work out 
And now you're going to get into a habit of not working out. Then whenever you get healed, it's going to take you longer to heal, number one. But number two, when you are healed, you're going to have to get back into the habit of working out again. And that's going to be difficult. So why go through that whole process when you can just continue working out just like you would be? I mean, it's like in my mind, it's what I've told a lot of a lot of guys that I've coached. It's like you have to deal with injuries mentally before they happen. And when I say that, I mean, you know, you're going to get hurt. So you need to already have the decision made, in my opinion, that you're going to heal, recover, and you're going to come back and ride because it's going to happen. And if, and if you can't tell me that you're going to get injured and then you're quitting, then you need to not go to begin with. Yeah. hundred percent. And on that point, like, so I tore some cartilage in my ribs, the front part and the back part. I did that in Deadwood. Well, I, I had just bought these animal house fit, fitness they have uh these they're called monkey feet oh yeah yeah and they attach on your feet and you can hold dumbbells yep huge i don't have a core i I don't have a core right now so there's i pretty much am limited to just about everything however what i found out is those monkey feet i can get in a position where i can isolate my legs i can actually do quite a bit of leg workouts right now may not be heavy it may be okay. hundred reps, but I can do a hundred reps. There you go. I may not be able to do five reps with heavy weight, but I can do a hundred reps with lightweight. And I can, again, I can do something creating blood flow. Yeah, exactly. Yep. You know, keeping that flow. Keeping yep. that flow going. And I know that whenever I come back, I'm still, I'm going to be better because now mm-hmm. I'm actually being able to utilize maybe muscles that, that Another thing when you get hurt like that and it almost makes you step back and say, okay, I can't do this, 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 what can I do? And then, mm-hmm. and then consider what can I do now that maybe I've been overlooking because it's smaller yep. than, you know, what I used to. You didn't want to take the time because it wasn't really that big of a deal, right? but it's a little bit of a deal. I mean, it's just like jujitsu, bull riding jujitsu are so gymnastic, like, so similar in the fact that like micro movements mean a ton like just like we talk about you don't want to make big moves on a bull you don't need to make a big move most of the time you want to make small adjustments and that's the same with jiu-jitsu and so those small adjustments come from being able to uh, manipulate your body and have that control that most people don't have i mean we do. Um, <clears throat> I was doing a, an exercise the other day. We we um, I've been doing. Uh, it's called. We call it Semper Fit. Uh, it's a bunch of Marines and doing just weird stuff or whatever. But um, we uh, we have one. One of the exercises was an ab uh, ab exercise of your choice. Okay, so take a ten pound. So you hang a hang off of a bar and take a ten pound medicine ball and do an L with your feet. So your feet are sticking straight out, right? stick the medicine ball at your ankles and lift your feet up high enough to where the ball rolls to your stomach and then let it, let your legs back down and let the ball roll back down to your feet. Do that without dropping the ball. Well, the, the balance, the, that, that not just strength, but the control of your body is 
insane. Like we, I had a couple other guys try it. Like they couldn't even, they couldn't even hold the ball. First of all, much less lift it up and manipulate it and let it roll back and forth up their legs. I've, I haven't heard of that one now. Now the second so, I can, I'm going to try it. Yeah, you, you'll. It, it's it's amazing. Like it's so it's awesome because you're using your shoulders, you're using your core, you're using your thighs, you're squeezing your legs. I and mean, it's like that old school. Uh, I forget what it was called, but you remember it was like a wheel. And it had those uh, little pieces of the wire that, and you could like pull apart and push it back together, and like the, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, all yeah. would go down the 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 sticks or whatever you know, whatever they were. It's it's very similar to that, you know, because you have to like lift it up, pull your feet apart just a little bit, let it have gravity roll back to you, and then push it back the other, you know, let it roll back the other way. So anyway, that's and and that's the thing too, you know, just getting creative with. Um, with those exercises and what is what what muscles do we use when we ride bulls what what could we make better what could we you know ankles you know like uh having strong ankles being able to you know flex your feet like i mean there's just all these little nuances of body mechanics that that you could adjust and work on but because they're so small like you said when you're not injured and things are going pretty well you don't really want to take the time to go work on that yeah you kind of yeah. bypass it I, I i it's been a few years you know into it before i really started paying attention to taking time to do that and reflect on okay what is what am i doing in my training am i getting too caught up in you know this and that like routine am i getting too caught up in my routine that i'm you know overlooking other aspects really easy to do especially if you start focusing on certain body parts and then you kind of forget to take a step back and look at the the forest and see okay holistically what what is my body feeling like what am i doing how how can you create a more holistic training regimen that's from all the way to workout and recovery yeah i mean you you don't have to be um, I mean, you, if, as long as you're healthy, you know, get, get blood work, you know, see what your deficiencies are in your blood. The, that's like one of the biggest things. A lot of people will ask me about what, you know, what they should be taking or what, you know, they should add to their diet or remove from their diet. And it's, it, I would be an idiot to try to tell them what to do. Like, cause I don't know what they need. The only way they're going to know is get blood work. So yeah. get blood work done find out what, what deficiencies you have. And then, and then let's talk about what you might need to change in your diet or add to your diet or supplement or whatever. But, um, you know, that's, that's a lot of reason why uh, I don't generally try to tell people what to eat. I'll tell them what I eat. Right. I'm like, but I, this is what works for me. You know I mean? But like you said, we're Petri dishes. So I've had a lot of years to, to test things and to see, how my body reacts to things and what, you know, and I do get blood work done. So I, I do know, you know, where I stand in, in that, in that sort of uh, category with blood work, but you know, then, then you, you know, you got to have fun doing it on top of all that. And I love working out and you know, that, that part of the process is, is just as fun uh, sometimes as, as uh, you know, the, the bull ride itself. Now it, that moment when you ride one is untouched by anything else I've ever done. But I know that it takes both parts of that 
to, to, to obtain that. So I've learned to find joy in the suck of the workout and of, you know, doing the mundane, you know, every, like in the mornings, even still now, I, I set my alarm 10 minutes early than when I want to get up. And when I hit the snooze, I hit the snooze and I meditate for 10 minutes. I don't go back to sleep. And that's because I know if I get to meditating, I'll like end up there for an hour and I, now I'm late. And I, so I use the, I use my 10 minute alarm clock uh, snooze button for meditation. And I practice, I do bull rides, I do jujitsu. And I think about my goals and what I want to do for, you know, for that 10 minutes. And then alarm goes off again, get up and go about my day. So that's, that's, I think another part of it that, that people, you know, we, we talk about visualization and, um, and your mind's eye and how it, you know, receives and perceives and, and all this. Uh, but the thing I think a lot of people miss is when you're visualizing, you're, you're, you're wanting to use as many of your senses as possible. So when you made that great bull ride, what did it smell like? What did you smell? What did you, well, not, not only what did you see, but what did you hear? And so you use all of those senses when you're replaying that in your mind. And, and that's, it's not just what I see. And so that's, that's kind of a, another key or a big piece of what I think a lot of people um, may be overlooking because everybody just talks about visualization. You got to visualize yourself winning. You got to visualize yourself riding that bull, visualize this vision. Yes, that's true. But there's also some additions to that, that if you can incorporate those, you probably will see even better results. That's it's funny. You say that because Brady Sims, I just did a podcast with him and he talked about oh, yeah. smelling. He said, there's like certain smells that would set him off. Heating yeah, up yeah. a bull rope and just the rosin. And yes. And uh, he talked about, the horns of a bull he said every time that he smelt the you know a uh, uh, bullhorn being burnt so that burnt yep. smell he said he yep. always rode good so certain things that kind of help you flip that switch or get in that zone yep then exactly. being able to recreate that i think is a big thing as much as you can because I, I am i am against certain things that you can't recreate and if you're trying to recreate mm -hmm. them and superstition as well. Uh, Adam Wainwright, he talked about it. I, he did a, Adam Wainwright did a, it was last year, he did like a bullpen session. So before he went out and started, he went up there, did his warm up, and he talked about his warm up. And he was talking about how much structure is important. But also, he said it can't become superstition because superstition actually impacts your competitiveness. You're less of a competitor if you're dealing with superstition. I, big thing in rodeo world. Way too many guys are superstitious. Uh, yeah, I'm not. <laughs> you look at the top guys in, in these other industries. Adam said that. Conor McGregor, he did a video when he first started. He said, I could get off this chair right now and go fight. <laughs> yeah. And just that, that preparedness. So I think superstition, the visualization as being holistic, you know, mm. it, it's a feel, it's a sight, it's uh, creating that feel, recreating that in your mind. It can be a smell, certain things like when you strap on your boots, when you put your spurs on, you strap on those boots. It's Better. like a, so yeah. you can control all of those things. Uh, mm -hmm. And, you know, being able to to 
really kind of learn to develop that process of that that well, process the, of, the, of individualization. I think it's huge without it becoming a crutch, but actually becoming a a part of your. I don't even know, you know, part of that that whole experience that you're trying yeah. to succeed at. I yeah, I mean, in the the I like I like to have a routine. Uh, I say routine, but it's really more of just like uh, a progress of steps. Like, obviously, sometimes I'm late, so I can't do everything exactly like I would like to do it, which is fine. But I do, you know, like I want to make sure that my bag is packed a certain way. I know where things are in it so that if I'm in a hurry, I know where this is. I know where that's at. Same thing with my keys. I put my keys in the same spot every day. I put so that way I don't have to think about where they're at. Sure. I already know where it's at. So same thing with my bull rope, my glove, my you know leather straps. Like all this stuff is in the same spot, but I'm not bound to like you said, like a superstition where I have to do this first or I have to, you know, like whatever the case is. You know, I mean, they may be wanting to check our rope or something, and I'm trying to get it ready, but it's okay. Like, okay, we'll stop. We'll go check it and get back to it. No big deal. But I know some guys are like, no, I'm doing this. Like, can't, I can't stop once I start or, you know, or whatever. And it's like, no, man, just, I know where everything's at. Yeah. Routine, routine's important. I think routine's important because mm-hmm. timing's important and flow is important. But routine that turns into superstition is not important. It's funny yeah. uh, where I let you go because, uh, I, every time that I'm like at a hotel or something, Dakota's there. I'll throw my cowboy hat, just throw it on the bed. He, I know, yeah, about seventy-five percent of the time, somebody will say something or they'll move my cowboy hat. Uh-huh. It's intentional. I'll do it every single time. Yeah, I, just because I don't care. I don't. Yeah. My cowboy hat can lay wherever you want it to lay. Yeah, I mean, as long <laughs> as it's not bent. Yeah, and not getting heated up <laughs> and like you reshape the wrong way then I'm, hey, it's even fine. if it is i don't care that's yeah, what i also don't care is i don't care what i look like keith keith hall has he's been on me for years about just like what i'm wearing and what i'm looking like he kyle you look like a bum right now <laughs> all i care about is whether i'm riding bulls <laughs> right hey and that's cool that's good like you know you know what you want you know what works for you and that's good like and and that's that's the the great confidence, part of- confidence is big too. So the, the guys out there that do like, Hey, I look sharp, got starched jeans, you know, good collared shirt. Hey, if that breeds confidence in you, be Perfect. all about it. Yeah. Do be it. All yep. Exactly. And, you know, looking like a redneck from, you know, mid Missouri, if that's your style, like, you know, it was for me. Rocket. Rocket. Do it. Be, be all yeah. about it. <laughs> yep. If you know, uh, I've I think seen plenty I of guys I want that a, look, a PBR. You know, just like strap the the rankest one in the pin. It's it, like, don't, it don't what? matter what you look like. I I want exactly. a PBR in Colorado and mess my groin up. And my groin was hurting so bad, I just said, screw it. I didn't even want to put my jeans on. I threw it all into my gear bag. And I walked out with shorts, my long sleeve shirt tucked into my shorts with my cowboy boots on. Keith, he didn't even want to stand beside me. My wife barely wanted to stand beside me. We're in oh. like an uppity area. It was like a, 
a horse jumping or it's a polo club. It was a oh. polo club. And I walked out of that just like, you know what? I don't care. <laughs> yeah. I'm here in all my glory. Yep, that's right. <laughs> but man, it's awesome talking to you. Uh, yeah. Are you going to be yeah. in Congress this year? Maybe, hopefully. Um, Maybe a month away. So. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm hoping so. Um, I'm still I'm not exactly sure when my first one back is going to be. I'll probably end up hitting Fort Worth a couple times oh, before yeah. I before I go to many of the other ones just well, yet. If you come to that one, then um, I can give you a butt whooping in ping pong. We can, you know, yeah. do it right. Maybe have a. I know Kenny. He's he's all about playing ping pong. He's wanting to have that right. ping pong tournament. And dang, I told yeah. him we'd do tournament. And if he, you know, you know, by God's graces, works his way through that tournament in order to face me, then you know, I can hand it to him as well. But he'll have to yeah. go to John's first, and I don't know. I don't I'm know gonna, if he can handle yeah. the ninja. Yeah, I gotta. I've I've been uh, I've been playing some pool, but I haven't been uh haven't been on a pong table in a minute, so I might have to uh, brush up on my I'd skills. I start sharpening up. He just he just moved to Fort Worth, and I believe has an apartment now where they have a ping pong table. Maybe so. Uh, I think he's coming for you. Okay, noted. All right then, game but, one. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe we'll have a sweet setup this year at Congress, so maybe we'll like do a Facebook live and get a bunch there of board. Heck yeah. Have <laughs> a good time of it. Because if we're not competing, we still need to be competing. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Cool, man. Well, nice seeing you. Uh, good to see you too. want to thank our sponsors uh, Western Edge App, Sombrero Brands, Cowboy Hats. Uh, where can we find you? You got any social media? Um, yeah, all the, all the social medias are Venom, V E N N M M M. Two N's and three M's, like Campbell Soup. Heck yeah. Good. <laughs> All right. So, make sure you check out Vin John's. Freaking cool. Uh, we'll definitely do this again. Maybe we'll talk a little more bull riding. Right on. Less fitness and, and diet. But I love yeah, it. It's a, huge part of, it's a huge part of what we do. So I like all probably of the least People know probably less about that than anything. So good information. Yeah. Absolutely. Here to help when I can. So. All right. Heck yeah, man. Nice talking to Hello. you. Okay. All right.